Well, today we are wrapping up our series called Maybe This Christmas. Uh, And if you've been with us over the last few weeks, you know that each week we've been looking at a different feeling that we hope to experience, that we think we might experience around Christmas time. Things like generosity, hope, peace, and joy. And today as we close this series, we're going to be looking at this idea of family. Now, each of us here today has our own unique experience and description of family. And because there are so many nuances and dynamics to the subject of family, rather than one person try to address this complicated topic today, uh, you'll be hearing from not one, not two, not three, but four different Crossroads staff members today, okay? Each with their own perspective on family. Now, unfortunately for you, you have to hear from me first. Uh, So family is something that is very important to me, but there's one challenge that I continue to struggle with, and that is finding ways to keep the relational bonds of family strong. Sometimes, just being honest, it feels like I'm not as connected to my family as I would like to be. Even the family I see every day, like my wife and son, what can I do about that? Like, how can I get to be more connected, more united with my family? I wonder if you've ever heard the phrase, the family that plays together stays together. Have you heard that? It's a favorite of mine, uh, and because I'm essentially just an overgrown child myself, uh, the idea of play as a method of connection and bonding really excites me. And as it turns out, this is more than just a catchy phrase. There have been actual studies and research conducted around this that have conclusively shown that families that spend even as little as an hour or two each week playing together report higher levels of happiness, improved communication, and increased overall satisfaction in their family. Isn't that amazing? I mean, even in in as little as an hour a week. But we really shouldn't be surprised by this. Even as young kids, we instinctively know how important play is in our lives. But it seems like somewhere along the way, in the journey to adulthood, we lose the value of play. It gets lost. We stop playing. King Solomon, who was regarded as the wisest man alive in his time, affirms this value in the Bible, in the book of Ecclesiastes. And he says this, So I recommend having fun because there's nothing better for people to do in this world than to eat and drink and enjoy life. That way, they will experience some happiness along with all the hard work that God gives them under the sun. A great thing happens to families when we play together. We begin to talk. We lighten up a little bit. We laugh. In addition to the fun and happiness that Solomon mentions, family play also produces the more meaningful feelings of togetherness and support. Family memories are built. Inside jokes are shared. And serious moments of intimacy are experienced. When we play together, we have a deeper sense of belonging and community in the family. In an article by Dr. Sylvia Rim, uh, a psychologist, clinical professor, and New York Times bestselling author, she also highlights the importance of family play. Playing together is an effective tool for communication, she says. 
Games set up a relaxing atmosphere, so laughing and sharing flow easily from parent to child and child to parent. The security that family play provides children and the manner in which family fun alleviates tension are only the beginnings of the perks that playing together creates. She goes on to say this, all in all, and here's this phrase again, a family that plays together stays together. The bonding, communication, fun, and laughter of game playing not only provides pivotal teaching opportunities, but will surely keep families close and secure in our pressured world. Friends, the truth is, as Dr. Rim describes, we live in a pressured world. We all struggle to manage the various stresses and challenges of the fast-paced Bay Area life. And playing together is one area of our busy lives that I think oftentimes gets cut out to make other areas of our lives more easy to manage. I want to challenge all of us today with this. Don't cut back on playing together. For many families, play is the missing ingredient. It's the glue that can hold the family together. Play can open closed spirits. I would go so far as to say it can even start the work of healing a broken marriage. This is one but simple important area of our life that can yield incredible benefits for you and your family. Now, because we believe that playing together as a family is so important, we want to help you and your family start playing together right away. Okay, uh, we've got two ways we're going to do that today. The first one is this. We have a very helpful family activity guide uh, printed out for you. They're available on the tables as you exit. I feel like a flight attendant exits here and here. Uh, the, uh, the, those exits over there, as you exit today, there are some papers on those tables. Please make sure you grab one of those as you leave. Um, there are some great ideas on there, uh, some fun, easy ways that you and your family can engage and start playing together today, even as you exit here today. Uh, and most of them will not cost you a dime, okay? They're free, fun, and easy. So please make sure you grab one. Uh, the second thing that we're going to do uh, is we're going to play a game together right now. Okay, uh, you guys okay with that? Yes, that sounds great. Okay, fantastic. So, uh, because we are a church family and we want to stay together, right? So we want to uphold this value. We're going to play together. So I'd like to invite our junior high director, Becca, up here. Would you help me welcome Becca to the stage? Uh, one very special thing about the Crossroads Church staff <laughs> is that we uphold the value of gingerhood high. My ginger sister right here. Thank yeah. you. Okay. So I don't know about you, but The Grinch is one of my all-time favorite movies. The Jim Carrey edition, of course, because it's the most cynical. Um, I feel like, personally, I relate with The Grinch the most. Like, if, if spirit animals are a thing, like, he's my spirit animal. Um, if he's an animal, I don't really know what he is. But anyways, the main reason I showed you this clip today is because I think there's a lot of quippy one-liners and relatable moments throughout the span of that entire movie, especially for people that um, have some tricky family dynamics, okay? So maybe you're a little bit nervous about going to family functions or events, like, and you kind of go through this checklist of like, well, I can't cancel dinner with me again. Um, I do that quite often. But I really just wanted to share that with you guys because I thought it was funny. But today we're going to get a little more serious and talk about something really, really important. Um, and I think we all can relate to some fear of disappointment. Yeah? Maybe? Okay. 
Because that's what I want to focus on today in this four-prong series. I think a very large component of some of the struggles that we face with family, especially around the holidays, is the fear of disappointment. And as we talk about families today, I want to focus my attention here because I think a good chunk of us actually have many fears around the word family, especially at the holidays. And maybe your family is not close, is not available, or is even non-existent. Whatever state you find your family or yourself in this holiday season or in the new year, I hope that my segment of today's four-prong message finds you. You see, I believe that the holidays for people like us, as in those coming from broken or dysfunctional, um, difficult or non-existent families, struggle with the fear of disappointment. We don't want to disappoint ourselves, and we definitely don't want to disappoint others, and we don't want to be disappointed, because that sucks, right? So as I was kind of pondering this message, um, when Lance asked me, hey, do you want to speak? I said, no, absolutely not. (laughs) I did it last year. I'm good for like three more years. Um, But then as I started thinking about it, I was like, well, why don't I want to do it? And I realized that I was actually afraid. I was afraid to disappoint you or be disappointed by your response. And so after that, I kicked my butt into gear. And I said, okay, after much, um, what's the word, when you avoid something? Procrastination. Procrastination, thank you. After much procrastination, I sat down, I prayed about it, and I whipped the message out. And I realized that I think there's two huge truths that the Bible gives us for families, especially difficult ones, okay? And the first one is this. Despite fear of disappointment, I can find peace in the most turbulence of times because I know Jesus. And the good news here for each of us today is that we can find peace despite our fears. In the midst of family and chaos and holidays and New Year's resolutions, we can find peace. And I believe that Colossians 3, 14 through 15 demonstrates that. So I'm going to read that for you guys now. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body or one family, you are called to live in peace and to always be thankful. So whenever you're afraid or alone, anxious, or you're feeling at at a loss, just remember that the God that gives us peace will fill you up in the new year and through every holiday season. This is truth number one. Truth number two. Despite the fear of disappointment, I can find hope in Jesus the Redeemer. Our second and final component of combating fear of disappointment in light of families or lack thereof is that we can stand true on the promises of Jesus being the hope and Redeemer of the world and of our hearts. Whether you're feeling disappointed or full of joy this morning, my hope for each of us is that we will always remember that Jesus can redeem even the most grief-filled and loneliest of places. He can take the hardest and most difficult times and turn them into opportunities. We're never alone, we're never abandoned, and we're never too hopeless or broken for Jesus. He came during the holiday season to prove our worth, and though we can expect disappointment in our worldly lives, the Redeemer and Giver of hope is with us. And I wanna close with just two verses today. Deuteronomy 31.6, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic, even at family functions. 
For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you, and he will never fail you or abandon you, despite what your family may or may not do. I think this is really true and pertinent for all of us today. And lastly, John 12, 46. I have, inco- I have come into the world as a light, so that no one who believes in me shall stay in darkness. Because I know sometimes the holiday season can be bleak. It can be dark, despite all the Christmas lights that we trick ourselves with. It can be tough. But with Jesus, we have the light that we need and the hope of the world. So with that, my prayer for you in this new year is that you will find redemption, hope, and peace even in your darkest and loneliest of places. Now I'm going to invite Melissa up and she's going to finish the third prong in this message. Speaking of finding peace and hope in turbulent times, some of you may know that my family was among those affected by the campfire last month. The morning it broke out was fraught with uncertainty. And while I was anxiously waiting for a word from my parents, all I could pray was three words, get them out. Get them out, get them out, get them out. In spite of being stuck in standstill traffic during evacuations and being surrounded by flames, by God's grace, they got out alive. But others were not so fortunate. 86 people died in the fire, one of whom was an old friend of my stepdad's. My family, along with most of the residents of Paradise, lost their home, as well as boxes and boxes of old family pictures that my mom kept and family heirlooms that had been passed down to her from her parents and grandparents and other relatives. Within hours, the town where I lived for six years was wiped out. When I moved away to the Bay, I brought a few things with me, but most of the things from my childhood are gone. Photos, things I made in school that decorated the house, old books that my parents read to me as a kid. Now, these are material objects. My family survived, which is the most important thing. But these items still have sentimental value. And there are some older memories that can only be recalled while you are holding or seeing something from that time. Unless another relative was there or has a copy of a photo to share and can tell you about that time, access to those memories is gone too. And personally, I'm not sure if the gravity of that has quite hit me yet. Now, I know my family isn't the only one that's taken hits this year. Where do you start in processing tragedies like this? How can families hope to heal from this kind of devastation? My family's lost a lot, but there's one thing that can never be taken from us, and that's our faith. We trust in God's character and in his ultimate goodness. I went up to paradise before Christmas, and my family and I found hope and encouragement everywhere, even amidst the rubble. One of the first things my parents recovered was a nativity set. And another thing, the only item that emerged from the ashes in such a pristine condition was this cross. We see these as reminders that God is with us, he hurts alongside us, and he wants to help us and restore our hope. 
And he wants to do the same for you, whatever it is you might be facing. In the Bible, we can see a pattern in God's character throughout history. God is always good. He is merciful. He is just. He is gracious and compassionate. And he follows through on all his promises. When I start asking those tough questions about why, how could you let this happen, I like to keep in mind a passage from Isaiah. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. When sad or painful things happen, it serves as a reminder of the broken state of this world and how much we need Jesus. There are things that will happen in this life that we may never be able to understand. We may have questions that we'll never receive answers to or encounter situations we may never see resolved in our lifetime. What we need to do is surrender all things to him and trust that he will make them right. God doesn't cause these bad things to happen, but he works miracles from them. The Bible says in Deuteronomy that God will personally go ahead of us and take care of things. Maybe not in the way we hope or pray for. But being human, I can't see everything that God sees. I don't know what he might be doing ahead of me. But I know his character, and I know he reconciles all things to him in the end. Next, in adversity... As families, we need to band together. I mean this on a church family level, too. And let me tell you, from firsthand experience, this is something that Crossroads excels at. In Hebrews, the Apostle Paul writes, Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. Continue to remember those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. You know, when I set up my parents for emergency support, my mom said, wow, I, I don't recognize most of these people's names. It turns out that most of the people who helped out my family are people from this church. I asked my mom if she wanted to share anything, and this is what she says. It's been overwhelming the love, kindness, and support we've been showered with by people we don't even know. I have shed far more tears in humility and gratitude than I have for the loss of a beautiful home. We can feel the compassion of this church for the hurting. Thank you for being such vibrant reflections of God's love and glory. This is exactly what families do. We help each other. You don't have to be related by blood to be family. United in our faith, we become one family in Christ, each one of us different, but depending on each other. If you're going through something heavy right now, this congregation will support you and pray for you and walk with you. Whatever you're up against, we will get through it together.
So with God's character in mind and by banding together, we can know for certain and we can find security in the fact that it's going to be okay. Today, I want you to know that it's going to be okay. Guys, uh, you know, Christmas is known as the season of miracles. In fact, I want to remind you of the words that the angel said to Mary about the miracle birth of our Savior found in Luke chapter 1, verse 37, when the angel said, but nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible for God. Friends, we have a God that still does miracles in impossible situations. And I want to share that God is doing a miracle right now as I speak. Let me tell you about it. When I was a student pastor in Oklahoma over 30 years ago, I became very close with the family, the West family, Dawn and Carolyn, and their two kids, Jeff and Deanna. We've been friends for over 30 years. We've stayed connected through the, through the years. I, I did Deanna's wedding. Uh, we've taken family vacations together. But in this past year, the West family was broken apart by a big blowout, a big fight. You see, the dad, Don, he went into the hospital and almost died of a stroke and pneumonia at the same time. While in the hospital, emotions were high, words were said, stuff came out. And let me tell you, it was ugly. It was ugly. Now, there were some contributing emotional family issues that fed into this. But the bottom line, the daughter, Deanna, and her husband, they declared that they no longer wanted to have anything to do with the brother, Jeff, and that they would no longer come home to visit the parents or bring the grandkids over as long as the brother Jeff was living in the family home. And it broke the parents' hearts. Now you need to understand the parents are now close to 80 years old. It's getting harder for them to get around and, and to go see the daughter. It's about a 90-mile drive. So that meant that the holidays and birthdays and, and special family occasions... Unless the parents drove 90 miles to the daughter's home, they didn't get to see them or the grandkids. And they never got to have all the family together again. And guys, it's so sad. So sad for this amazing family. Well, this past November, my wife Karen and I, we went out to see them in Oklahoma. And we stayed there, and then we took a little vacation. We traveled with the mom and Deanna's family. We went to Branson, Missouri to visit Silver Dollar City. And while we were there, uh, Sunday, we were there for a weekend. And while we were there, Sunday morning came, and I said, hey, instead of spending time trying to go find a church, why don't we just have church right here in the hotel room? I know a pastor. And I said, I'll give the message if each one of you would bring like a prayer or a Bible verse or something you're thankful for as your offering, we'll just have church together. And so I said, okay, guys, you have 15 minutes, come up with something, and then we'll all meet for church. And then I started to think, God, what do you want me to share with this broken family? And guys, here's the deal. I have this journal that I keep. It's a life journal. And it's one of the things that has sustained me and helped me through all the ups and downs of 2018. And it's a way of praying and reading God's love letter, the Bible, 
consistently and faithfully so that God could speak into your life. And friends, can I tell you, as your pastor, we speak to God through prayer, but God speaks to us through his word. And I want to tell you, God doesn't just speak to pastors. I mean, he wants to speak to you, to really speak to you. In fact, one of the things I'm most excited about in 2019 is we're having this soap banquet. And in the, at this banquet, we're going to give you the tools and training in this banquet on how you can feed on God's word so that he can speak into your everyday real life by doing this devotional method called soap. Well, I want to share with you specifically a soap that I did in April of 2018 where God spoke to me. And I'm so glad that I was just reading God's word and doing my soaps because this is what I shared with the West family. I entitled this uh, devotion, God Devises Ways. And my scripture was 2 Samuel 14, 14, that just says this. All of us must die eventually. Our lives are like water spilled out on the ground, which cannot be gathered up again. But God does not just sweep life away. Instead, he devises ways to bring us back when we have been separated from him. Now, a little background on the passage. This, uh, this wise woman from Tekoa was sent by the general Joab, who is the general of David's armies. Joab sent him to try to reconcile Absalom, David's son, to restore the relationship between Absalom and King David. This was his attempt to devise a way to bring the estranged son home to his father. So this wise woman from Tekoa, she was encouraging David to do for Absalom what God does for us. She said, don't just sweep your son away. Life is short. Before it's over, find a way to bring your separated son home. Now, this is a great verse both on reconciliation and salvation. And it reminds us that we should find, devise ways to restore broken relationships and know that God has done that for us with our relationship with him. And when I wrote this devotion, my simple prayer was this, thank you, Father, for not sweeping my life away, but you devised a plan to bring me home to you, and your plan was Jesus. Now, I shared this devotional with the West family, and here's where the miracle began. From a devotion that I did in April, that I shared in November, This led to a conversation where Deanna called her brother Jeff. Jeff not only apologized to his sister, but he told her that he loved her and missed her, which led to Deanna and her family deciding that they would go home for Christmas to see their parents and their brother for the first time in close to a year. And I'm sharing you this because they're driving home right now as I speak. Friends, it's a miracle, reconciliation, where God devised a way to bring this family back together. And God wants to do that in your families, but he also wants to do that in your relationship with him. He's devised a way to bring us back to him, and his plan is Jesus. And I want to pray for that plan to turn into miracles for your family and for our church as we pray together now. Let's pray. 
Father, thank you that you don't just sweep us away. You remind us, even like this year went by so quickly, that our lives are short. And we want to make the very most of loving our loved ones, restoring our families, and most of all, living in gratitude because you devised a way through Jesus to bring us back as your children. And we love you for it, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us today. We're, we're so glad that you're here. And uh, we want to now just close with a blessing, but we want to do it a little bit different. We want each one of us is going to share a one-line blessing that kind of connects to our message and what we shared today. So if you're comfortable, would you just reach up a hand, symbolically reaching out towards God? For those of us who need an infusion of connectedness and play in our families, may God rekindle the heart of a child within us that desires the laughter, unity, and joy that comes when we play together as a family. My blessing for you today is that in 2019, you will find the peace and hope of our Redeemer. For those of us facing loss or hardship right now, may God remind you of his presence and his promises and give you strength, peace, and endurance to ride out the waves and face adversity with confidence. And now may the God who devises ways, may he work miracles in and through your family to bring glory to him and bless you with a happy new year. God bless you, everyone, and see you next week. <laughs>